You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast. We are live. This show is presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. I'm fired up to be with you today, and today is going to be a wild show. That's right. It is me and the two interns. Luke is on his cruise. Henry has other commitments. So that means Landon Elliott will be making his debut on the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare in just a moment. CJ is working behind the scenes. We have got a great show planned for you. It is going to be an absolute blast and and so excited to uh, be here on this Monday. And as you can tell, I am very sunburned. And, And maybe you actually maybe you can't tell, but even if you can't, I am sunburned. So I had an incredible weekend in Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Village for the Fatherhood Festival. It was fantastic. I've got some awesome stories to share with you, and so we will do that in just a moment. Today on the show, we will also talk about the U.S. Open. We'll talk about the Warriors winning the NBA Finals. The NBA Draft is this Thursday, so uh, I know I'm fired up, especially as a, a Hornets fan, a couple picks, except the Hornets don't have a head coach, so they decided to fire James Borrego with no plan in place. Uh, The plan that they did have apparently has fallen through. As Kenny Atkinson said, I'm out. Uh, He is not going to take over as the head coach. So we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. As always, we'll do I'm Convinced. And I'm going to combine Will Zalatoris from the U.S. Open and Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics. We'll combine it for for one segment uh, with, with a topic about losing early, losing when you're young versus winning when you're young. And so the, the difference that we've seen over the years in the history of, of a lot of different sports, how that, how that plays out. And, and so we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with that. And then unpack this today. We're going to talk about the topic of stubbornness. No, 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 not the annoying stubbornness, the good stubbornness. When being stubborn is actually valuable and how the Warriors actually describe themselves. And I wrote an article or read an article, I should say about how they have been stubborn in the midst of their adversity and and ultimately at the end of it won the NBA championship their fourth one since 2015 what a run the Golden State Warriors have been on and Luke's not here if you remember if you're a loyal listener um a few months ago kind of toward the end of the season heading into the playoffs I said all right I'm gonna take the Warriors, South, or the Warriors, Bucks, or Suns, you can have the field. And I gave Luke the field. And sure enough, the Bucks and the Suns, you know, they, they went down earlier than anticipated. Who was left at the end? The Golden State Warriors. So I, I was pulling for them and, uh, and excited to see Steph Curry get that MVP, get the credit, the kind of the attention uh, again. Because remember, he had it, kind of lost it. Kevin Durant stole some of it, then he got it back. And the, the other conversation that has kind of come out of the, the NBA Finals is, where is Steph Curry in the all-time list? Well, you know what I did? I, I, I can't talk about how good Bill Russell was, or Bob Cousy, or Wilt Chamberlain, or even Kareem. I'm not old enough. Now, the funny thing is, I have two young interns now, and... I mentioned Sean Alexander to Landon. He, he doesn't remember Sean Alexander. He was the MVP in 2005. So I'm dealing with younger players. But what I realized is for us to try to put together a top 10 list of the best players ever, 
well, I'm not going to include people I never watched. So I'm going to give you my top 10 list of the NBA players that I saw since I was probably 8, 9, 10 years old when I started watching the NBA. It was back in the probably the 94, 95 season officially when I first started watching. And so I'll let you know where Steph is on that list, where Kobe is on that list, Shaq, and number 10 may be surprising to some. So I'll, I'll let you know that in just a little bit as well. So a lot, lot going on. I want to hear from you. We've got the comments going wherever you're listening. The uh, you know Facebook, the Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. Thanks to everybody joining us on all of our different platforms, YouTube uh, as well. And let me begin by talking a little bit about Father's Day and and Father's Day weekend. And it was much different for me because I was out of town in Canton, Ohio. And, and so I came back last night and was able to spend some time uh, with Maddie. Uh, Michaela was kind of heading down to, to bed by the time I got home, but uh, had some fun with Maddie. And you know what's nice? I normally don't travel hardly ever. So if you leave and then you come back, the excitement level goes to another, another notch. So Maddie was excited when I got home last night. So I felt very loved as a dad. And the bottom line is I love being a dad. I love being a girl dad. It is such a joy. It is such a blessing. And I'm extremely thankful. I know, you know, Father's Day, is, you're, you're supposed to be honored or whatever. It's a day for me to reflect and be thankful. I'm thankful for my wonderful dad. Uh, thankfully, he was, he was the one pick, picking me up from the airport yesterday. Uh, the man is a servant. He, he'll do whatever, whatever needs to be done. Uh, he's that kind of dad. He always put us first. Never put himself first. Never, it was never all about him. It was always about us and continues to be that way all these years later. And so I'm so thankful for him. Uh, his name's Dean. Uh, he's the man. So, and then to now be able to be a dad of two daughters, uh, it, it is special. So this weekend, the Fatherhood Festival, it was all about kind of getting encouraged as a dad, learning tools and, and getting equipped to, to be an even better dad. And, and here's what I've learned. The basics of being a dad are, are pretty simple. It's the implementation. It's the execution day in, day out. And the reality is, as dads, we, we get, it, it can be very exhausting. You get worn out. You get burned out. Uh, and so you need those constant reminders that, hey, you are a good dad. Keep doing it. Keep going. Keep persevering. You've got to have friends that are also dads that, that are you know, pushing you and, and walking alongside of you as well. And, and so all of that was kind of taking place throughout the weekend as we were listening to Hall of Famers, Anthony Munoz, Mike Singletary, former MVP, Sean Alexander, David Tyree from the New York Giants, the helmet catch. Uh, they were all there and, and they just poured into us as dads. And, and I was the, the, the simulcast host. I was doing some, some live footage and doing some interviews with the guys and, and, and had a fun time doing that. Uh, but left very filled up as a dad, as a man. The, the spiritual side of things were, were phenomenal. I mean, these guys, Anthony Munoz, Mike Singletary, David Tyree, Sean Alexander, they love Jesus. And it's not just a casual thing. These guys are all in. These are committed followers of Jesus. And I had the opportunity to spend some time with them, you know, kind of off air, so to speak. And here's the thing that as fans, we forget this. And, and maybe don't, don't realize it. These guys are regular guys. Now, they may have a Hall of Fame jacket. They may have an MVP award. They may have a Super Bowl trophy. But these are dads trying to <laughs> take care of their kids, trying to pour into their kids, trying at this point in their life to, to continue in business and continue to make money beyond their playing days. And, and so to sit down and, and hear their heart and, and hear just how real and authentic they are, it was, uh, it was really special for me as well. And, and, and really uh, left thinking, man, there's some good guys in the NFL. We, we hear about some of the, 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 the guys that have struggled and fallen and, and had different issues, and we know who's leading the, all the headlines these days in, in Cleveland. Uh, I got to hear about him a little bit, too, being in Ohio. Um, but, but a lot of these guys are legit. They're awesome, and, and I was able to spend some time with them. Um, and then also, I, I do have to share this. As you know, I'm a Panthers fan, and sometimes I keep this Panthers helmet lit up, and sometimes I don't. It depends on how well the Panthers are playing, if the light goes on. So over the weekend, 
the Fatherhood Festival honored Ed McCaffrey as the dad of the year, and and Christian McCaffrey was there to present Ed with a kind of an honorary football to to, to give to him. And and so anyway, I was able to to hang out with the McCaffrey family, and that family is awesome. As a Panthers fan, of course, I'm a Christian McCaffrey fan, but he's just a regular guy too, down to earth, easy to talk to. Uh, I grew up actually rooting for the the Broncos too, and so Ed McCaffrey played with John Elway when they won those two Super Bowls, and, and so to meet him uh, was really neat as well. And and so they they were just happy to be a part of things, and you could just see the dynamics. I met the mom as well, uh, the whole family, a really great family. And and so as a Panthers fan, I'm thrilled that Christian is our guy, the 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 best player on the Panthers, of course, and really rooting for him to come back healthy and get back out on the field because it was uh, it's been a tough couple of years. But he's all about winning and and wants to you know see this town in Charlotte uh, winning again with the Panthers. So so that was a a, a treat for me as well. Uh, but but anyway, wanted to share a little bit uh, with you. We've got some other content coming from the Fatherhood Festival that we'll be able to share with you as well. Uh, to encourage you as a as a dad, um, I will say one thing that really jumped out to me. It was actually from Mike Singletary, and he he did this uh, session uh, or a station where he talked about protecting the end zone as a defensive player, one of the best linebackers ever, and and what it means to protect our our house and protect ourselves and protect our family and and that sort of thing. But one thing he just kind of he mentioned that really stuck with me, something that I struggle with is he talked about one of the best things that we can do for our families is to be healthy. And, and that, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, we protect our family, we protect our house when we protect what we put in, what we're eating, what we're consuming, you know, uh, mentally, emotionally, all that sort of thing affects who we are and then affects our families. And, and from a health standpoint, you know, I, I like delicious desserts. I've got some baklava in the fridge. You better not eat that Landon, uh, that I, that I do need to eat cause I need to finish it. I don't, I also don't like to waste food, but I was just kind of convicted that I gotta, I gotta eat some, you know, make some better choices health wise, because I want to be at my best for my girls, for my wife. And, and that means physically, mentally, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually. Uh, and so all of those factor in, um, to protecting, to protecting the house, protecting our, our bodies and minds and hearts. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about defense uh, here on the show. And, and so Mike Singletary was talking about that as well. And, and so wanted to, uh, to, to share that with you today. So that was my weekend. Today we are making a, a debut uh, here on the show. So we've got you know wonderful contributors that have been a part of unpacking it. And, and Luke and Henry will be back either next week or the following week. Uh, but in the meantime, We've had some cool interns come through here, but Landon Elliott is in studio. He is our latest intern, and let's say hello to him. Landon, welcome to Unpacking It. How you doing? First off, it's an honor to be here, Bryce. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm doing great. I had a great weekend. Spent the Father's Day well. Uh, yesterday, we went to 131 Main Restaurant to celebrate my dad and all that he's done for us. Um, but one thing we like to do at the Elliott house, ironing. Uh, so my mom, my dad, you know, my clothes, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of clothes. And so yesterday I decided to iron some clothes for my dad. So he would, uh, not have to iron his clothes. And so I took time. <laughs> yeah. I, I spent an hour or two ironing clothes and that was what I did for my dad. I really enjoyed it. And I hope he, you know, I took one for the team yesterday. So I'm glad. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. Wow. Well, way to go. I, I can't remember the last time I've ironed, but but that's impressive, Landon. So uh, so there you go. So Landon, Mr. Mr. Ironer, uh, here on the show. We're going to hear from him throughout the show, and especially at the end, he's going to lead Tap Drill today. So we'll have some fun with a couple of random topics uh, from the U.S. Open, NBA stuff. Uh, we'll sprinkle up sprinkle in a couple other things as well. Uh, we'll also do our MediShare moment of the week in a little bit in regards to uh, some college baseball. So we'll, so we'll have some fun there as well. Uh, but I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality, 
MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. MediShare offers programs for every budget. So if you're an individual, parent, small business owner, ministry leader like myself, self-employed, MediShare has options for you. The best part is their members, on average, save 50% or more on their health care costs. MediShare has been around for over 25 years. My family, we've been members for over six years, and the MediShare program serves more than 400,000 members and is the nation's largest healthcare sharing community. Go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it, MediShare.com slash unpacking it to find out more information and to figure out if MediShare is the right fit for you. All right, let's jump into I'm Convinced. And we just saw the the Warriors win, and we just saw uh, Matt Fitzpatrick win the U.S. Open. But I want to talk about the losers. So here we go. I'm convinced. Lose when you're young. You'll be better off if you lose now. Get to the championship. Get to the, the 18th hole in a major and lose. Do it now. So you don't have to do it later. Get better now. So you're, so you're improved and you grow as an athlete, as a player. You build the mental toughness so that you can have sustained success. And so I'm convinced that the Celtics losing and Jason Tatum struggling in the finals will ultimately benefit him. Will Zalatoris. Now, six top 10 finishes in nine major starts and three second-place finishes in the majors. It's hard. It's hard to lose and, and to come, you know, finish, you're that close, to finish second in a, in a major. But, but Will Zalatoris is the real deal. And all of this, I see, I don't buy into, oh, it's going to, you know, distract him mentally from getting over the hump. And we've seen, you know, even Phil Mickelson for a while there was finishing second. Now he's got a whole other story. But, but remember, he used to always finish second. But then he got, he got plenty of wins in his life, right? And, and I believe Will Zalatoris, he's still young. Uh, he's going to, to, to make that happen. And this idea that people are criticizing Jason Tatum. Oh, he didn't show up in, in the finals. You know what? Take the hit, take the, the heat, own it. If you're, if you're Tatum, you're still young. You're a young player. He left early out of Duke. He was the real deal at Duke. He's already burst onto the scene in the NBA. He carried this, this Celtics team to the finals. Kind of ran out of gas. The Warriors' defense was really strong against Tatum. But Tatum has the talent. He has the skills to be one of the best players in the league. Now, you can argue that he might take the Paul George path to where really good player, good regular season player, uh, puts up good numbers but maybe can't win the big one or carry a team to an actual championship, maybe. But Paul George hasn't carried anybody to the finals. Jason Tatum did. Now I know he's surrounded by great talent. It's a really good Celtics team. They've built something that, that I think will last. And, and in order to win, it's going to take Jason Tatum being a superstar, winning the championship for them, uh, you know, hitting the clutch shots and, and down the stretch. And he, he wasn't that guy. But I'm convinced this will help him. Because let's look back at history. Let's think about Michael Jordan. He had to go through the Pistons. He had to get beat up by the Celtics or beat up by the Pistons too. But, but he, had, he had to lose in the playoffs. And it all prepared him for the six championships to become the greatest of all time. And, and then how about Kobe Bryant early in his career? I remember the air ball in the playoffs. He, he had a three to, to, to win the game and he airballed it. Uh, I think it was against Utah or Portland. And, and so ultimately we know what he accomplished five championships. And, and so those humbling lose losses, the losing experience ultimately help these players in the long run. And, and to me, you can still win early and, 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 you know, go on and win more. Uh, but I, I, I believe you're better off losing now lose when you're young. And that's why they always say, you know, when you're starting a business, fail fast, fat, fail early. And because you learn, you grow, it makes it better moving forward. Your business is better moving forward. And, and I know from my experience, I I've done that as well. As we've, we've grown unpacking it, tried some different things that didn't work, but we failed fast, failed early. And, and now uh, we're, you know, we're in a fun spot with, with the ministry. And, and so, you know, you think about, 
uh, people that uh, maybe had success down the road, even though early on maybe they had some struggles. Just think about Matthew Stafford, stuck all those years in Detroit. Uh, think about Drew Brees and all that he went through, and then eventually later in his career won. Um, even Dustin Johnson sticking sticking to golf. Uh, he won his first major in 2016, but he turned pro in 2007. Um, and then, you know, Dirk Nowitzki. Luke's not here to mention him, so I will. Uh, but he was drafted in 98, didn't win until 2011. Um, LeBron James, we know what he went through early in his career, going out, losing in the finals uh, to the Spurs and you know, carrying his team uh, and then falling short and having to learn. And, and then eventually he, he's won championships in three different cities so uh so anyway so i'm still in on will zalatoris as a potential champion big time sustained success champion and same with jason tatum uh I, i'm a believer in him uh i don't like the celtics so much but I, I do like tatum and of course being a duke guy uh pretty cool as well so that's what i'm convinced of where do you come out on that would love to know your thoughts you can leave your comments uh anywhere uh you're you're listening or watching right now would love to hear from you uh, you can also always email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. All right. So the uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention uh, before we do unpack this, and and I'm going to talk about the the Warriors. I- I'm curious for yeah, you know, we live in the the selfie generation. We live in the picture, you know, take as many pictures as you can. And and here on Unpacking It, we like to ask life quandaries. You know, just things, you know, how do you interact in life? What's your response? What would you do in this situation? And, and you know that Luke brings all these questions up all the time as well. Uh, but I was at the Fatherhood Festival interacting with, you know, a lot of these, these cool NFL players and, you know, Christian McCaffrey and David Tyree and all these guys. And I was interacting them. I was part of the Fatherhood Festival. And, and you know, in some ways, I don't want to call myself an equal with them. But in that setting, we were just, we were interacting in a sort of equal way. And, and of course I wanted to get a picture with them. And so it's always interesting though, to transition from, we're talking, having a good time to, Hey, can I get a picture with you? Because once, once that crosses over, it's, it opens the door for that kind of extra commitment. And, and here's the big quandary. What do you do with your hands? I, I don't know what to do with my hands in those situations. Because now all of a sudden I've been talking to Christian McCaffrey for a while, but I got to capture the moment. I got to, you got to have proof that you're hanging out. And so I took a picture with him and I awkwardly put my hands in my pocket. I couldn't, I couldn't commit to putting my arm around him, especially if it's just you and you know another guy. It's like, Hey, all right, easy with the hand. And especially if you barely know him. Right. It's like, you know, hey, okay, that's no, that's cool. We've been talking for a few minutes, but hey, we're not we're not buddies enough to where you're gonna put your arm around me. Easy with the arm around me. Now he didn't say all this. I was I was proactive, read the room, understand the situation. But but trust me, I was interacting with a lot of people over the weekend. A lot of people had access to these NFL players. Not everybody understands. You don't you don't quite get it. And and so I'm curious for for those of you listening, who have you bumped into, you know, former athletes, current athletes, whatever, where you've gotten a picture. Do you lean in with the arm or, or do you let the athlete or the celebrity initiate contact? I think it's all about who's going to initiate contact. Read the situation. Don't, don't assume you're buddy-buddy. These guys, they, you have to understand, they view us as strangers most of the time. Um, now, if you've been talking to them for a while, and hey, let me get a picture, just, just give, give them space. Give them space. Uh, so, Landon, what would, you, what would be your... Uh, experience or advice in this situation so bryce i would not go with the hands in the pockets i would actually go with the with the arm move i i, I like that because the people around you don't know you don't know them so i would have to go with the the, the hand around the shoulder i'd yeah. have to do that yes yeah, i know you disagree yeah that's you're bold you're bold you're bold <laughs> there but uh no i mean i understand it probably for the most part people do but i i like to provide enough uh you got to give, give, give these guys some space. Give, the, give these guys some space. That's true. E- e- ease into it. You make solid points. <laughs> so uh, the, the one other funny story from the weekend was I was talking to Sean Alexander and this, this younger guy comes up early twenties and he didn't 
fully know who Sean Alexander was, but he knew that he was a former player and he saw me talking to him. So all of a sudden he goes, Hey, who, who are you? Are you a player? And so what do I say in that situation? No, I couldn't make my eighth grade football team. I just said, yeah, you know, there's Tom Brady, there's me. And then Sean Alexander though, he quickly sold me out quickly sold me out. He goes, Oh yeah, this guy stinks. Um, that wasn't very nice, but uh, no, he goes, don't let, don't buy, don't believe this guy. But the, this young kid still, still asked me for my autograph. He goes, Hey, what do you do? I go, I host the unpacking it podcast. He's like, Oh, okay. That's worthy of my ball. And so I signed his ball anyway. So trust me, I don't get autograph uh, asked for, usually I'm asking for the autographs. Uh, but I, but it was fun. I, I, I was willing, I was willing to sign it for him. You are a true inspiration, Bryce. <laughs> that's all I can say. True inspiration. Uh, he, I was not signing it for my football ability. That's for sure. That is for sure. So, all right, we'll, we'll get serious now and, and jump into our, our segment, unpack this, where we take current sports stories, relate them to the Bible, relate them to our own lives. I send out a devotional. Uh, sometimes Luke writes it as well. Uh, it goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can subscribe to the Unpack This devotional uh, by going to our website, unpackingit.com. And today, I do want to talk about the Warriors, and I want to talk about a unique word to describe them that normally we don't use this word in a positive way. However, once you look into the word a little bit more, you realize it can be a positive word. That word is stubborn or stubbornness. And the, the reason that, that I, I bring this up is there's an article on theathletic.com. David Aldridge, one of the great NBA writers, uh, wrote the article. And, you know, when you think about all the championships that the, the Warriors have won in recent years, each one is unique and special in its own way. But this one really was about, you know, overcoming, persevering, coming back from injury, and, and all that they kind of went through to get back to, the, you know, the top of the mountain and, and win another championship. And, and, you know, even Kevin Durant leaving and, and some of the changes that, that have gone on. And, and so in the article, David writes, the Warriors, like the great championship teams that preceded them, are a stubborn bunch. And he wrote that Hall of Famer Chris Webber has this great saying about championship teams. Often they aren't the most talented or the best coached. coached. They just usually are the most stubborn. And not that Chris Weber knows about championships, but he's an analyst, so he can understand from the, from the outside looking in. But, but I think that's a fair uh, you know, thing to think about. It's, it's like, okay, stubbornness, what, is that, what does that mean? And so then Draymond Green, he said this after the win. We're very stubborn, and it, and, and it has been tested. You go through injuries. You get punched in the mouth a couple times, and it takes an incredible amount of resilience and togetherness and trust in each other. There you go. So when you when you start looking at stubbornness in the in the resilience way, uh, trusting in each other, keeping that faith, um, and then Steph Curry added that stubbornness of who we are matters more than what anybody is saying about us. That's why we're here. And and so the reality is, people doubted the Warriors. People doubted that they would get back. People didn't see the vision of how the Warriors at this stage in their uh, dynasty uh, would be able to continue the dynasty. Everyone's older, everyone's injured, uh, you know, younger, unproven players were the ones that they were relying on coming off the bench. But here they were, they were stubborn. They were resilient. They, they, they believed in, in who they were and what they were capable of doing and they weren't going to let the outside noise, they weren't going to let the doubts, they, they weren't going to waver in their belief as a team. And, and, and trusting in Steph Curry to, to lead them and Steve Kerr as their head coach. And so they were a, a resilient, stubborn bunch. And, and so I, I looked up the, uh, the, the word stubborn and, and some of the, the synonyms for the word uh, it comes out to um, adamant, uncompromising, unbending. And, and so that's really you know, who they were. And so when it comes to our own lives as followers of Jesus, I really believe that the right kind of stubbornness is also valuable and rewarding for us. Because the warrior stubbornness led to a championship. 
And so for us, when we face adversity, we too want to remain firm, resolute, tenacious, and persistent. Those are some of the other words that are synonyms to the word stubborn. In James, in the Bible, tells us, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And so we, we stand firm in believing that God is good and faithful. We believe that, that he is with us, that he is strengthening us through the adversity, and, and that, that he, can, he can get us through. He can get us through the challenges that we face. And so during these seasons of our life when, quote-unquote, injuries and difficulties seem to be hitting us in every direction, we want to be the most stubborn and consistent people out there, right, as, we, as we're consistent in doing the right things. And we never give up. We never give in. The Warriors didn't give up. They could have given up. They could have said, you know what, we've won enough. Nah, we don't have it anymore. We're too injured. Ah, I don't want to come back from an Achilles injury. Uh, I don't, I don't want to continue to, because to, to, they knew what it took. They knew what it took to win another championship. They very easily could have said, it's too tough. It's too tough to win, especially after all the adversity we faced. I give up. I, I, I give in. I give in. The critics are right. Uh, I give in. The Celtics are just too tough on defense. They won game one. The Celtics won game, game one. The Warriors could have given up then, but they didn't. They persevered. They were stubborn. They were resilient. And they kept going. And, and so for us in life, uh, in Galatians 6, 9, gives us this encouragement. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so it's also critical that, that we remain uh, stubborn, adamant, uncompromising, unending, or unbending, I mean. Um, we're not bending and, and wavering all the time. Uh, when the world is trying to take us off course, and attack our faith. So we're going to get hit on every, every side. And, and so are we going to stand firm in the truth of the gospel? We're going to stand true, or we're going to stand on the word of God, the truth of, of, of God's word. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We understand that, that we're, we're, you know, we face a lot of adversity and a lot of attacks coming at us. So uh, this verse says, be on guard. Uh, this is the Amplified. Stand firm in your faith, in God respecting his precepts and keeping your doctrine sound act like mature men and be courageous be strong so we stand firm we're strong and so if persecution or criticism or temptation comes our way we must refuse to back down or stop believing the the truth of the gospel no we lean into the truth of the gospel we don't we don't back down no we we don't waver we stand firm we're stubborn in a good way we know the truth, so we cling to the truth. We, we've placed our faith in God, and we don't, we, we don't uh, you know, back down. In Hebrews, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And, and so the warriors, they stuck to the vision. They stuck to their hope of, of victory in, 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 in winning another championship. And, and so they remain stubborn and per persistent and, and tenacious the whole way through. And, and for us, we cling to the hope of the gospel. We cling to the victory that we have in Christ. We're going to face adversity. We talk about it every week, basically, because we have to be reminded as believers. I need to know, I need to, to remember every day. I, I need to remind myself of the truth of the gospel that Jesus loves me. He died on the cross for me, and I've been saved because of him and not anything I've done. And when, when things happen in life, when life is hard, when things at home are hard, work is hard, things going on with my family, I, I could continue to trust in God and be stubborn that I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give in to what the world tells me to do. No, I'm going to stand firm on the, on, the, on the Bible and the gospel and who Jesus is on the character of God. I'm stubborn because I believe it's true. I believe that God is who he says he is. I believe he's faithful. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wavering on that because I've seen them. I've seen them showing up, show up time and time again. The Warriors are stubborn because they've seen what they can do three other times when they've won championships. And so I, I stand firm on the, on the faithfulness of God because he's, he's shown up in my life for as long as I can remember. And so 
that's the hope that, that I have today, and I hope you do as well. Uh, last verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And so we don't want to give in to the, the doubts or the pressure, but, but we remain stubborn in our hope of victory, and, and, and we continue to chase after Jesus, continue to follow him, continue to be strong and immovable in him, the strength that we have in him, and, and, and know that, that as we continue to, to trust him and follow him and do the work of the Lord and do it enthusiastically, uh, we know that he's faithful, his promises are true, and, and we will be you know, blessed and, 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 and honored in, in, in his way uh, with spiritual blessings. And, and so we can, uh, we can continue down that path with him, being strong and immovable, and dare I say stubborn. Dare I say stubborn. So you can unpack that today. I, I hope that that's encouraging to you. I, I know uh, that word stubborn, we could, we could talk about the flip side of that on another show, the negative side of stubbornness. Uh, which can be a downfall. It could be a character flaw. But when stubbornness is more so devi- defined as resilient, uh, then, then we're in good shape, uh, that we don't let adversity uh, cause us to give up or give in. We keep the faith, we refuse to back down, and we stand firm. Stubborn. There you go. So you can check out unpackingit.com. If you haven't subscribed to receive Unpack This, in your email inbox, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, you can do that for free on unpackingit.com. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some of the other kind of topics from the, the sports world. And coming out of the, the finals, a lot of the talk I heard initially was, all right, where does Steph end up now in the all-time list? You know, it's just the 75th anniversary. The Athletic put out their top 75. They had him lower, like close to 20. Uh, but I think he's moving up the, the board. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I've only been watching basketball since 94, 95, basically. And so I can't say if Steph Curry is better than Magic Johnson. I didn't watch Magic Johnson in his prime. I didn't watch Isaiah Thomas in his prime. And so the best point guard I've seen is Steph Curry. I think John Stockton was really good. I think Steve Nash was really good, probably for a little bit shorter of a time. But Steve... Nash never won a championship, and John Stockton never won a championship. And, and I'll even throw Muggsy Bogues in there. Nah, as a Hornets fan. But, but those, so to me, Steph Curry's the best point guard that I have seen. And so here is my top 10 players that I have watched since 1993 and 94. Michael Jordan is still one. I think LeBron is a really close second, and at times I have made the case that he can be number one. But I think at this point, I'm still going to give the edge to Jordan. At number three, it's Kobe. He, for the longevity of his career, the multiple championships that he won with Shaq as sort of a sidekick, a significant sidekick, but then also on his own, the scoring, the defense, the way he made other players better, uh, Kobe's number three. I put Steph at number four. What he's done for the game of basketball with his size, with his uniqueness, the type of star that he's become. We know the story. We've talked about it the last few weeks. Steph has done it all. And, and, and what he did in these finals, especially to carry this team, to hit shots that, that nobody else can hit. These, these are ridiculous shots. It's one thing to score points. It's one thing to hit shots on the court that nobody else can do. And it's not because of his physical ability. Yeah, Jordan was more athletic than everybody and could do things only he could because of his athleticism. Uh, Steph does it in such a unique way that that's why I put him at four. And this might surprise you at number five, but of all the years I've been watching basketball, as good as anybody is Allen Iverson. He took a team, the Philadelphia 76ers, to the NBA Finals that included Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, I think Matt Geiger, Todd McCullough, Tyrone Hill. These were his players. And he went to the NBA Finals. He was unbelievable. He was, he was an MVP, and he had some kind of off-the-court or just kind of personality issues and that sort of thing. But, man, as a player, remarkable. So I put him at five. Uh, then I put Tim Duncan, the winning 
offense, defense, the longevity, his willingness to just get it done. He wasn't a big personality. He just got it done. Tim Duncan, all reliable, big fundamental. He was awesome. The best center that I've seen, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon, offense, defense, two, two NBA finals. So smooth. The footwork, his, his uh, touch around the basket, remarkable. Then the most dominant center that I saw was Shaq. Nobody could guard him. He was bigger than everybody. But the downfall to him, the free throw shooting, I hold it against him. And also his defense was okay. You know, he could block some shots, and he was bigger than everybody, so he was a force in the paint. But, uh, but I thought Hakeem was a better all-around kind of player uh, and impact on the game. Um, and then number nine, uh, Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he'll rise, I think. I think he'll end up probably number four or five. He might even be number three, depending on how things go the rest of the way. Uh, for me, he's as good as anybody. Uh, he's only won one championship, so we'll, we'll kind of wait and see. But he's, he's, I wanted to make sure he's the one or the second current player in my top 10. And then at number 10, I went back and forth. And at least today, I'm landing on Dwayne Wade. I think Dwayne Wade, people, people kind of forget because LeBron took over in Miami. But I even think Dwayne Wade's willingness to play uh, alongside Shaq, because he won a championship with Shaq, and then he won three, three with uh, or two. How many did they win? Three, two, two in Miami. Uh, he won two with LeBron in Miami because LeBron's won four. He won one in Cleveland, one in LA. Um, so I think Dwayne Wade, uh, his ability to get to the rim, his ability to hit the kind of the fifteen to twenty footer. Uh, he also made players better around him. Great teammate. Um, he would get the steals and, and, and fast break points. I, I thought Dwayne Wade's game was, was awesome. So there you go. There's my top 10 guys. Uh, I wanted to jump in on the conversation that a lot of people have been having, but who do you disagree on since you've been watching? If you've been watching the game longer, what is your top 10? Or if you've been watching the game you know, less, who, who, who are your top for a less amount of years? My, you know, Land and my intern here, he's, he's only 20 years old or 20, 20. Funny. There you go. Uh, so uh, he, he hasn't been watching as, as long as I have. So there you go. Uh, we'd love to know your thoughts, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. You can also leave your comments uh, anywhere that you're watching right now. Uh, as far as the U.S. Open goes from the weekend, I have to be very honest with you. I was not able to watch much of the golf. I was in, you know, in Canton, Ohio at the Fatherhood Festival. And then last night, as soon as I got home, I, I thought about turning on the TV to watch it. I got home late, but I spent time with Maddie. Definitely more important. Definitely more rewarding. Even though the the finish to the U.S. Open was fantastic to have those, you know, the number of guys in contention. I'm a Rory guy, and so you know he at least was was in the mix. Uh, couldn't quite do enough, and then I, I root for Will Zalatoris. Uh, so would have liked to have seen him uh, get the win. But Matt Fitzpatrick, you know. Uh, Proven to, to, I mean, these guys that overcome the strong leaderboard, it's always really impressive to me. When you beat, you know, proven guys to win, and then Scotty Scheffler, who just come, you know, just came off the Masters win, uh, to be in the mix as well, I would have liked to have seen him win again. That was awesome, and and so to see, you know, multiple guys, um, you know, within a stroke or two, that's always a fun tournament. And, and I also, you know, sometimes the U S open is really ugly. It, it had its moments where, you know, guys were struggling and guys, you know, dropped after a couple bad holes, but, but the finish, what was it? The winner was five under. So uh, five, five under that, that to me is a nice number. Uh, when you, when you, when you win at plus two or plus one, geez, that's it for a major. That's tough. Five under. I like that range to me. Like one under to five under is the sweet spot for me in a major regardless of what the major is, that's the kind of competition that I like. And then to see a handful of guys with that type of score, I'm in for that. So uh, we'd love to know your thoughts on the U.S. Open, if you were able to, to, to get into it uh, over the weekend. I, I know loyal listener Brady uh, was fired up about it. I heard from him over the weekend, uh, but I don't think he was pulling for Matt Fitzpatrick. So curious how many people kind of got into uh, Matt Fitzpatrick winning. Were you rooting for him? Uh, toward the end there. So I uh, would be curious your, your thoughts on that. Um, all right. One other thing uh, before we uh, jump to Landon and tap drill, 
Uh, I want to get to the MediShare moment of the week and, and maybe a little NBA draft talk, but we'll talk more NBA draft next Monday because uh, that'll be the big topic uh, that we'll have for, for next week. But the, um, I, I guess the, the, my one thought heading in is who's the number one pick? And the years that there isn't a clear-cut number one, <sighs> you hate to be the guy. You hate to be the team. You hate to be the team at number one. So Orlando, where they're a team that just continues to find themselves in the lottery, and they've got a bunch of young players. I was looking at the roster the other day. So many young players that they're still waiting to develop. And now you're going to add another guy. They need to package a couple of those young guys and get a veteran. you, you got to get a veteran in Orlando. Otherwise, you can't have too many young players. It just takes forever to, to, to move forward. you got to have a balance of young guys and veterans. And, and I think the Celtics have done a great job of that. The Warriors are kind of on the flip side to where they've got their proven veterans, and then they've added some young guys. You know, Gary Payton and Poole and Kaminga and even Andrew Wiggins is relatively you know, young compared to Steph and Clay and Draymond. So, uh, so I'll be curious what Orlando does. Could they even trade that first pick? I, I, I think they should consider it. Uh, I will say, uh, yeah, go ahead, Landon. Bryce, how about your boy Paulo Bancaro at number one? So I like Bancaro. I, I think he'll be a very good NBA player. Has a chance to be great. Has a chance to be great. But I don't think he's done enough to prove that he is like the clear-cut number one, the clear-cut guy that you can build a franchise around. I was a little disappointed with with Duke not winning the championship and letting UNC beat them twice, uh, as I made clear on this show. So I, so he, he gets docked a little bit for that. But um, I, I think Bancaro has the offensive skills to be a very unique NBA player. Uh, his ability to drive, dribble, uh, get to the rim, but also kind of the mid-range shooter, and he can hit the three to a certain extent. Uh, but defensively, rebounding, those are going to be his weaknesses. And when you when you get a big man, to me, you want those things. So is he is he a big, small forward, or is he a uh, not tough enough, rebounding enough power forward? So that, that when you find yourself in that tweener, I mean, the NBA has changed a little bit, so you can kind of get away with it more than you used to be able to. But that would be my concern in taking him one and expecting, all right, this guy's going to turn our franchise around. So the the one other guy, you know, Griffin, AJ Griffin, uh, he's in the mix to be a top ten pick. I think he'll come in and contribute right away as a shooter, but his ceiling isn't as high. He's he's a solid NBA player, probably have a long career, uh, and whoever drafts him will be thrilled with him as long as they have the right expectations. Um, so you know, Wendell Moore, he'll go late. Uh, Trevor Keels, I think, should have stayed in in college. Uh, he'll, he's got a ways to go to develop. So as far as Duke players, that's where I come out. I think Trevor Keels should have played Duke football. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, he's got, he does, his body type is interesting for basketball. So it's hard to figure out where he, where he fits in exactly. And, and he underachieved at Duke in his one season, his freshman season. Um, so I, I also going into the draft, I personally would not draft Chet Holmgren. Now, I understand people are enamored with his unique skill set, but he's way too skinny for me. He's, I, I just, I, he's way too fragile. I, I can't buy into it. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I'm not willing to spend a top five pick or even a top 10 pick. If I had maybe outside the top 10 and I was in a, a, a situation where I could let him grow and develop and I felt good about the developmental coaches that I had, maybe. It's too risky for me. Bryce, imagine Holgram trying to guard Robert Williams. Oh my god. In the paint. He's getting he's that getting would be around. such a scary look. Yeah. Oh man. I, I can't I can't do it. So um I'll be very curious where he ends up. To me, Oklahoma City is probably the right fit, but but we'll see. All right. So I want to get to our uh MediShare moment of the week, and I'm gonna try to get it for us. Um we don't have Luke today, so everything's a little uh, little trickier as I'm trying to trying to do it all. But Landon and CJ uh, have done a great job helping out as uh, as interns today. But uh, here we go. So we're going to go to a, a little college baseball, and we don't talk a ton of college baseball, but 
the, uh, the College World Series is going on, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and maybe you've seen this by now, but an unbelievable catch. So he jumps over the bullpen. The opposing team, Notre Dame, over their bullpen, makes the catch. I mean, totally flips over, which, okay, just flipping over is, whoa, 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 crazy. Then actually catching it is crazy. And then how quickly he jumped up. How impressive was that, Landon? Uh, absolutely unreal. Bryce, I think back in the day you had that athleticism. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. It was not a, as bad as I was at football. I was even worse at baseball. So, uh, so not, not so good on that, on that front. But uh, very impressive. So uh, Robertson, Blake Robertson, I think he's the first baseman, uh, runs over head first into the dugout. One of the best catches you'll see. So uh, we'll try to, maybe we'll post it on our Unpacking It Twitter page. So you can go watch it on unpackingit.com. Uh, sorry, I, I, I couldn't, I can't run all this and run the video for those watching online. But uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, you can go, go watch that later. But, uh, but there you go. That's our MetaShare moment of the week. We are presented by MetaShare. You can check out metashare.com slash unpacking it and figure out how much money you can save. Uh, MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And so it's a, a wonderful health care sharing community that, that my wife and I have been members of uh, for, for over six years. So uh, MediShare.com slash unpacking it. That's our MediShare moment of the week. Well, right now we're going to bring Landon back on for a little tap drill. So we've got a couple uh, of fun topics to discuss today. Normally Henry uh, reads these. He's not here today at another commitment that he had to be a part of. And so Landon pinch hitting today. Uh, Take it away. Bryce, did you happen to see the golfer that threw his putter off the green in frustration? I did not. He's his name is Grayson Murray. He is ranked the 544th best player in the world but have you ever been this frustrated with your golf game Ooh, i don't think you knew this when you put that question together i hate to even confess this or admit this but growing up with two younger brothers we would go on vacation and play putt 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 miniature golf we're competitive we are very competitive and as bad as I am at football, as bad as I am at baseball, I might even be even worse at golf. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but putt-putt, I was okay. But I would get into it very competitive. But there was one time I remember I missed a putt, and I got so angry. I was probably in the, in the teenage range, and I threw my putter in the bushes at the miniature golf place. And it did not land well with my dad. My dad was not happy with me. It was embarrassing for the family. It was ridiculous looking back. I mean, what am I thinking? Throwing a club. So, Grayson Murray, time to grow up, my friend. You got to grow up. You got to mature. You cannot throw the putter. Uh, it's not good. It's not a good look. And so, I own it. I don't think I've thrown one, one since. I lost, a, I lost a five iron in, in the pond one time because it was raining. But that I did not mean to throw it in the pond. Uh, but there you go. So that's my uh, that's my story. So I'm sorry. You probably look down on me as uh, as your mentor here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking down, Bryce. I'm sorry. I'm looking down. But the most I've ever done, I have mic dropped the putter. I have never thrown the putter. That's good. That's that's better. I try. I it's, try. You're, you're growing. You're growing. I'm growing. But anyway, second question, Bryce, are you buying the rumors of Kyrie Irving going to the Lakers? Ooh, so. As you know, I'm not a big Kyrie Irving fan, but I am a Lakers fan. I do not want Kyrie Irving to go to the Lakers. And, you know, the question may be, well, where should Kyrie Irving end up? Should he go back to Brooklyn? No, things didn't work out well there. He just got swept in the first round. He's not the answer. He burned bridges there. He was a bad teammate this year. It was not a good fit. Now, he's, he's talented. He can get things done. Him and LeBron, I, I, I do think the only chance Kyrie has to win anything of significance is with LeBron James. And, and I'm sure LeBron would, would do his best to, to make it work, even though, well, I guess he's proven it works with Kyrie. He, he has yet to make it work with Russell Westbrook. Um, but I would say Kyrie Irving's best spot to land is in the big three. Okay. <laughs> no. He's either, uh -huh. to me, I'd like to see him in retirement or going to play with Ice Cube's big three. 
I'm I'm done with Kyrie. So yeah, I'm, I'm going with that the Ice clear. Cube big three. There you go. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll land on that. But no, I don't want him to go to the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers still need to do whatever they can to move on from Russell Westbrook. Uh, but I, I see Westbrook maybe going to like returning to the Thunder with a salary yeah. dump or even Indiana. So that's what I'm I'm hoping for. Uh, maybe for a, a Buddy Heald, Malcolm Brogdon deal. There you go. With you got to make yeah. it, you got to make it worthwhile for the Pacers with some picks. So, uh, so there you go. All right, number three, number three, Bryce. On a level of one to ten, just how bad was it that Justin Thomas was called the wrong name on the opening tee of the U.S. Open? <sighs> what did what did they call him? They called him Justin Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. That is bad. Yeah, I mean, Justin Thomas is a major winner. Uh, he just won the last major, and here he is, you know, opening tee. That's unacceptable. Uh, as someone who has done uh, you know, a lot of emceeing, and I actually used to do, when I was in high school, I would do our high school basketballs, uh, what do you call it, over the loudspeaker. The uh, I can't think of what it's called at the moment, but you're in the gym, you're the you're the the announcer. No, nah, there's a name for it. The PA announcer. There you go. That's what it's called. The PA announcer. So you got to get the names right. Remember, there was a girl named. Uh, I did the girls basketball as well. Tisha Tipton or something. I always had to make sure I got that name right. But no, it's unacceptable. You got to get Justin Thomas's name right. That's for sure. And have you ever been called the wrong name before? I remember as a kid. This is the the one that like stays in my mind that I must have you know really it, it hit me ho- hit home with me. It was uh, elementary school like field day or gym class, and the teacher called me Bruce. No way, Bruce. And I'm like Bruce. That sounds terrible. I'm sorry for anyone's wow. name is Bruce, but in my mind as a ten year old or eight year old or whatever it was. That was like an older guy, like Bruce, like, I do not want to be Bruce. I'm Bryce. And so that still <laughs> sticks with me. So Justin Thomas, I'm with you. Uh, I rarely get John Stun. My, name, my last name is Johnson, of course. Uh, but Bruce would be the most common, most common mistake. That's a good nickname for you, Bryce. Bruce Johnson. <laughs> I like it. Oh, it's bad. All right. Fourth question. Bob McKillop retiring at Davidson. What's the significance of his career, and what do you think he meant to Steph Curry's career? Very interesting timing. Uh, that was announced over the weekend, you know, right after Steph Curry wins, and and Bob McKillop, incredible career. I don't know if you know how many years he was there, but I, 30, I think it's thirty. Yeah, thirty years. Yeah. Wow. For those, so we, he uh, Davidson's actually just outside of Charlotte, and and so that's where we're we're doing this show. So Davidson has always been a very you know rele- relevant, respected program. Actually, when I used to do uh, a show, I used to host another radio show in Charlotte called Sports Yap. I interviewed Bob McKillop, and I must say he was very intimidating. He was very nice, but very intimidating. Uh, I think he's from New York, has a New York background, and and so he was just kind of you know stern and to the point, but a wonderful coach. And really, his legacy to me is his willingness to be at one program instead of jumping to the hot job. Trust me, when he when when Steph Curry and him led that team to the Elite Eight, Bob McKillop could have had another job. He could have gotten a big-time job, uh, relatively speaking. And, and we see this all the time. When the mid-majors make a run in the tournament, then they go get paid and, and get a big job. Bob McKillop stayed at Davidson. And, and still, you know, they were relevant over the last few years and, and continued to, to have success. I appreciate it. I respect it. And, and he'll go down as, as really one of the great college coaches uh, compared to some of these other guys that did go take the money and did go try to be a star somewhere else. A lot of those guys fizzle out. They don't, they don't last. They don't make it. Um, I talk about this topic a good bit on the show because I'm, I'm passionate about it. I love when coaches stick around. I absolutely love it. So Jay Wright and Villanova, Coach K at Duke, Bob McKillop at Davidson. It's fantastic. So uh, legendary career as far as I'm concerned for, for Coach McKillop. Uh, I have been to a game at Davidson, a small gym, awesome atmosphere, old school. Mm. Uh, have you been, you've probably been up there. They too. get rowdy. Yeah. I love them. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. All right, Landon, why don't you uh, bring it home? Uh, one final question. Last question. Kenny Atkinson backed out of the Charlotte Hornets head coaching job. How does this look for the Hornets organization and Michael Jordan? <sighs> 
All right. So on one end, you, you, you look critically on the Hornets, and it's fair. If, if you're going to fire James Borrego, you better have a good plan. You better know who you're going to get. You better, you know, have it to me. Because I thought James Borrego was a good enough coach. So if you're going to let him go, you better know what you're doing. And that's, that's the disappointment to me. The fact that it's taken this long, we're days away from the draft, and then you think you're going to get Atkinson, and then he pulls you know, the, the rug from underneath you. Uh, that was, uh, it was a, a bad look all around. However, what I wonder about is what does this mean for Kenny Atkinson, and how is he now viewed uh, around the league? Now, does this mean that Steve Kerr will probably retire in the next couple of years once Steph and the guys leave, and then is Atkinson the next guy in line? Yeah, that might be the case. So that makes sense. The way I compare this or, or who I compare this to is Josh McDaniels in New England. Remember, he was going to go to Indy and then at the last minute said, no, I'm out and went back to New England. My thought was, OK, he's going to take over for Bill Belichick. Never did. Belichick's still coaching. And now McDaniels has found a, a place in, in Las Vegas, uh, which I'm, I'm kind of high on the Raiders this year. Not necessarily because of McDaniels, but I don't know. I just think the Raiders are going to be good. But uh, but anyway, so. I think for Atkinson, the, the average fan probably doesn't know much about him, but he was actually really good in Brooklyn, uh, was doing a nice job before the Durant-Irving takeover debacle. Uh, he was winning with just good players, guys that wanted to play hard for him. So I was excited from that standpoint with his track record and then being a part of the championship organization in Golden State to come to Charlotte. So I'm disappointed by that. I, I'm, I'm not in favor of Mike D'Antoni coming to Charlotte. But I don't have the answer. I'd probably just go call James Borrego back and say, hey, sorry, buddy. We made a mistake. Can, can you come back? Let's finish what you started. So, uh, so that might be uh, where I, I'd come out on that. So anyway, well, there you go. There's Tap Drill. A couple questions to, uh, to end the show. Landon, great job on your, uh, your debut. How'd okay. you feel? Thanks for having me, Bryce. I felt great. So the, the, one, the one problem today with, with Landon, though, great job on the show. Great job as we prepared for the show. He's known to bring in his leftovers. Oh, boy. Here we go. Landon likes to bring his leftovers. And one, he puts them in the fridge. And then two, he microwaves his leftovers. And as he mm. bragged about earlier, he went to 131 Maine, had a delicious <laughs> meal. But his meal, tell us what it, what it was. It was trout. 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 So we're talking fish. And, you know, we have a nice office, but it's small. And we're right, you know, we're right here on top of each other. I can smell what's in the fridge or in the in the in the microwave. And so Landon thinks it's okay to bring trout to the office and to fill this place up with with the smelliness of trout, fish. We're trying to do a show here. So other than that, great job today, Landon. Thanks, Bryce. I appreciate it. So we'll end with this life quandary though. What's the smelliest item? that has been brought to your office. I actually saw the, uh, the, uh, what was it? Uh, Oh, the office scene when they're on the air, uh, they're on an airplane and uh, Oscar brings an egg salad sandwich. So that has to be one of the worst. If somebody brings an egg salad sandwich to the office, Um, I used to heat up ramen. That would, that would, that would get people. That was always tough. I remember one time I, I, I brought macaroni and cheese, not from a smelly standpoint, but it blew up in the microwave and that created a big mess. So that wasn't great. Uh, but anyway, fish, I think fish wins. Sometimes like a, a turkey sandwich can, can take over too. Mm. That's always a little questionable yeah. as well. So I know you've done that as, as well. Uh -huh. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So anyway, there you go. He's Landon Elliott. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks to CJ. Thanks to Chris uh, working behind the scenes. Uh, we'll see hopefully Henry next week, Luke in another two weeks. Thanks everybody for listening today. This is the Unpacking It live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and as we talked about earlier, let's be the good kind of stubborn. Let's stand firm. Let's be resilient. Let's let when when the, the temptations of the world come, let's stand firm. When we face adversity, let's not waver in our faith. Let's cling to our faith. When the world is telling us not to believe, let's stand firm in our, our belief and our hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
It's true. God's word is true. Jesus lives within us as followers of Jesus. Let's tap into his power and strength and let's stand firm. Let's be stubborn in a good way. So I'll leave you with that. You can unpack that. I'm Bryce. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for watching me with this sunburn. Spent all day at at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Stadium, uh, and the sun was beating down in Canton, Ohio. So I'm going to recover. We'll talk to you next Monday right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.